You're listening to the Clean Water Made Easy podcast, episode number 12. Hello. Thanks again for tuning in to the Clean Water Made Easy podcast. My name is Jerry Bolfin. I'm a water treatment contractor and WQA certified master water specialist. I hope you're having a fine day wherever you're listening to this. In this series, I give useful, easy to follow tips and information all about well water, well water treatment systems, and how to improve the quality of your well water. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about hydrogen peroxide for well water. Hydrogen peroxide is the, the same brown little jug you find in drugstores. That's 3%. We use a higher concentration, but that's the chemical that I'm referring to. Four years ago or so, I put up a post on our blog called Eliminate Well Water Odors, Four Reasons Why Hydrogen Peroxide Water Treatment is Best. And a lot of people looked at that post and gotten a lot of comments and emails and calls about it. And I, I posted a link in the show notes of this episode to that post. It has pictures and diagrams and resource links all about peroxide. So it's a, it's a good thing to look at if you want to get more information about it. You can see it by going to cleanwaterstore.com slash blog slash podcast and look for episode 12. Or you can email me directly at jerrybolfin at cleanwaterstore.com. And I spell my name with the G, so it's G-E-R-Y-B-U-L-F-I-N at cleanwaterstore.com. Well, if your well water smells like rotten eggs, you're not alone. Well water odor is a common problem, and many homeowners on well water battle the stinky hydrogen sulfide. Rotten egg hydrogen sulfide-laden water not only has an objectionable odor, but in higher concentrations can be dangerous to your health. And it's corrosive to plumbing, fixtures, and appliances because when hydrogen sulfide is formed or gets into your water in the ground, you get sulfuric acid. So that makes the water kind of tarnish fixtures and kind of eat up pipes. And this unique rotten egg odor that hydrogen sulfide has, it's usually found in both hot and cold, but sometimes it can be worse in your water heater, come the hot water. And... It can be a problem. It, it not only will foul and ruin water softeners and filter systems if not properly treated, but like I said, it's corrosive to pipes and fixtures and just generally nuisance. Historically, aeration or chlorine treatment, chlorination, has been a common way to get rid of this smelly water. Chlorine however, has some undesirable byproducts and can leave chlorine tastes and odors if it's not properly set up right. And also the pH of your water is over about 7.5 to 8. In other words, if you have alkaline water, then you have to use a lot of chlorine to get it to kill that hydrogen sulfide, that rotten egg odor. So we found that, and a lot of other folks too, have found that the hydrogen peroxide does a better job. Aeration can work well too, but if you have iron or sulfur bacteria present, sometimes the bacteria can still create odors after your aeration system. In other words, it can redevelop in your water heater and plumbing system. Aeration systems also can be more expensive to set up sometimes compared to peroxide injection. So peroxide can kill, if you if you have the right concentration, it can kill these iron and sulfur-related bacteria. 
So the four reasons why hydrogen peroxide is better, it works faster than chlorine, so often no contact tank is required. Unlike chlorine, it doesn't leave a chemical residue or byproducts after it's injected in the water. Peroxide works over wider pH, and it doesn't affect the taste. In fact, it, it, it often improves the taste. So really over the last 10 years or so, hydrogen peroxide has become a preferred method of treatment for odor by many well water contractors, water treatment specialists all across the U.S. and Canada. So you might ask, hey, if peroxide's so great, would you ever use chlorination? Well, yes, because chlorine has a residual. Chlorine works better to keep to disinfect your water throughout a distribution system or a plumbing system if you if you have a chlorine residual. So that's why it's used in communities, municipal systems, because the because you, you, you want a chlorine residual to kill bacteria in the pipeline. Chlorine is cheaper too, as far as home systems go. Chlorine is less expensive. Peroxide can be more expensive. And chlorine taste, you can remove the chlorine taste by activated carbon as well. But generally peroxide is, is kind of like the deluxe way to go. It's Usually it's better than chlorine when you have a smelly odor problem and you're trying to eliminate a sulfur and iron related bacteria at the same time. One thing you can try if you have smelly water at your house, take two like quart jars or large glasses and fill them with your untreated well water. Add a teaspoon of household bleach in one and add a tablespoon of that 3% store-bought peroxide in the brown jugs that we all know in the other one shake them up and let them sit for a few hours and then smell the water. Probably can take a taste of it if you want. It wouldn't kill you. The, the one with bleach in it might have a high chlorine, you know, might you might smell chlorine. But anyway, you'll find that depending on how much sulfur is in your water, you might have to add more peroxide or more bleach. But you'll find that the one with the peroxide smells and tastes much better than the chlorination one. So for a good home system, peroxide is usually set up so it's automatically injected into the water before your pressure tank. And then most folks will use a backwashing carbon filter after the pressure tank or at the house to filter out any residual carbon and to remove that odor. So we, with the carbon systems, this, there's more information on this on the site as well, but with carbon systems, we use what's called catalytic activated carbon. That works really good with peroxide because there's a catalytic reaction occurs if there's this peroxide residual in the water along with the hydrogen sulfide. So it, you get a, a very high level of oxidation occurring right on the carbon itself. And so after it flows through there, hey, the result is really clean odor-free water. So that's a simple system. Your well turns on, injects into the, automatically injects some peroxide into the pipe for your pressure tank. After the pressure tank goes to the carbon filter, then you have clean water free of odors. Now one thing that comes up a lot is contact tanks. You know, with chlorination, we often use contact tanks where there's, it's like a pressure tank where the water goes in and it gives some time for the chlorine or peroxide to come in contact with the water and you know the result is the reactions take place in this tank over a few minutes 
Well, a lot of times if you have fair, like say you have, say between one and 10 parts per million of hydrogen sulfide and you are just using hydrogen, hydrogen peroxide, you can use the hydrogen peroxide without a contact tank and just run it straight into the carbon filter and the reaction will take place right in the carbon filter and you'll have clean water, no odor. However, there are some cases where you might want a contact tank if you have iron or sulfur-related bacteria, it isn't an instant, doesn't kill the bacteria instantly. You need a few minutes of time for the peroxide and you need a little higher dose as well over more than what the, the hydrogen sulfide is in order to have any effect on the bacteria. So that's why we often do recommend a contact tank, but it's optional. So some people use it, some people don't. So one thing that comes up is what strength or what concentration of peroxide should I use? Well, this peroxide comes in different strengths. Store-bought is 3% and that's generally safe. You know, you can put it on like disinfecting a cut or people use it for different things. And the the type that we use that that we can ship safely and is still considered relatively safe is 7%. And we, mainly because it's safe to handle, it's not hazardous. And however, you can often find 35% commercial peroxide locally. And it is cheaper, usually much cheaper to buy it that way. However, a lot of people still don't do it because 35% can be very dangerous to work with. You have to be very careful. If you spill any, it's a disaster. You don't want to get any on your skin. It'd be a disaster if you got it in your eyes. And you have to be careful with it. But if you're careful with it, some people do use it, especially if you have a, like a commercial application or you're on a farm or um, poultry, uh, hog farms. Sometimes they're high flow, like not just for a home, but a very high, higher flow rate. Then it's it's much more economical to use the 35%. But the 7% works good. But, you know, even 3%, of course, you have to be very careful with it. It's it's something you want to keep out of the reach of children. You don't want to have it soaking on your skin. So anyway, that's that's the concentration we recommend is 7%. So I talked a little bit about where the peroxide system is installed. but And I put some links to the diagrams on the podcast show notes so you can see how it's set up. But the lowest cost way, how most folks do it, is you have a simple metering pump and it, it, it it's set to turn on or it's wired so it turns on whenever the well pump turns on. Because you think about it, your well pump turns on at say 30 or 40 PSI then turns off at 50 or 60 PSI commonly. And that's what most folks have. It's a, it's a single speed well pump and when it turns on, you have it set so the metering pump is wired so it turns on at the same time and it turns on, the pump does, and injects a tiny bit of peroxide into the pipe right before the pressure tank. That way, that water right there is flowing at the same, pretty much the same flow rate, you know. So what happens is then you can easily control the residual that you're injecting because you want to you want to put in enough peroxide to do the job, but you don't want to put in too much. So you can easily regulate that and calculate that if you're putting it into a known stream of water. So the injection point is actually an injection check valve. So 
the, the metering pump that's pumping in the peroxide is pumping it in through the injection check valve. But then when the system builds up to pressure and shuts off, there's no water can come from your pipe back into the peroxide pump and solution tank. So some folks have a variable speed pump or sometimes called a constant pressure type of well pump system. These are pretty popular. And so if your well pump is that type, you don't have a traditional large pressure tank. You might have a little tiny pressure tank, but it basically it, it, it keeps that, that type of flow system keeps your uh, pressure in your house the same all the time. So for that, you need a proportional feed hydrogen peroxide system, which is also very simple. In some ways, it's easier to set up than the other type, which the standard one that's cheaper, you have to wire it you have to do a little bit of wiring. So you've got to wire it into the pressure switch and it should be the same voltage. Most folks have, if they have a submersible pump, it's usually 220 volt, single phase. So you've got, you get the, you get the metering pump and you have it wired into your pressure switch. It's pretty easy to do. You can also have an electrician do it, which you should if you don't know which, how to do it. But that won't work with a variable speed pump or your constant pressure type system. So what do you do? Well, it's very simple. You just set up a proportional feed system and that's very simple. All it is, it's a water meter that you install in the pipe. In this case, you could put it right at the house. You don't have to have it at the well. And basically what it is, it's a, it's a flow meter. And when water flows through this water meter, it sends out a pulse and turns on your pump, your, your peroxide pump, to pump more or less depending on how fast the water's flowing. So that way somebody's brushing the teeth, they might be using a gallon a minute, someone's taking a shower, they got five gallons a minute, then all of a sudden you got the washing machine coming on. So it's like whatever the flow rate is, it'll, you'll still have the exact amount of peroxide all time. In some ways, those systems are a little safer too because it'd be pretty rare, but of course it has happened, where you have a situation where you're well, pump died and you're so your well pump is off but you're still getting voltage to it and the peroxide system doesn't know it and so the peroxide just you're gone for the weekend or you're away for the day or whatever and the thing just stuck on and just pumps the entire solution tank right into the pipe then if nobody knows and or they flip the breaker and turn the well pump back on by accident and start to use the water then you get a bunch of peroxide it's not likely to happen but there you go. That's having a proportional feed system prevents that type of thing. So that's one more advantage, but those are more expensive. So most folks just get the standard one. One question that comes up is, okay, you've been talking a lot about odor in the water, smelly water, but what about iron removal? Seems like a lot of folks, a lot of sites and my local water treatment guys all talking about peroxide for iron removal. Well, actually it does work good for iron too. Peroxide can definitely oxidize iron. You know, iron is often dissolved in the water, so it may look clear, but it tastes terrible. It's like rust. And then when it gets exposed to air or it gets hit with peroxide, it turns to rust. And so what you can do is you can have, you can use uh, peroxide uh, injection and then have it be filtered out by an activated carbon filter or better yet, a iron filter. So and that's, that, that's, usually what we recommend. In other words, if you, if you have really bad iron and odor or not, 
but say you have high iron levels and you just use peroxide with carbon, then you have to have it set pretty carefully. It has to work just right for it to remove all the iron. And, and if anything ever happens to peroxide, say you forget about the peroxide, you forget to add it, or maybe the peroxide you got is old, it's not working right, then basically now what you've got is you've got iron water running through a carbon filter, and that does not work. You know, it doesn't take out much iron. It could flow right through it because you've got dissolved iron in the water. So it's better, in our experience, to use a, we have our Proox, which is manganese dioxide media, but there's Phylox, Pyrolox, there's Mangox, there's different brands of it available. So basically that works well. So you, if you, we usually do recommend a contact tank with that. So you've got, so basically what you're doing is you're injecting uh, the peroxide, you've got your contact tank, the water is lots of oxygen being put in the water, and then the Proox or the manganese dioxide works really well. Then if something ever happens to the peroxide, actually the Proox will still work. You know, it just works better with a, with some kind of oxidation like peroxide or chlorination ahead of it, but it'll still work on its own. So it'll give you a break if, if something ever happens to your system. However, there are a lot of people that do use the peroxide with carbon. It does work. So that's another way to go, but we don't really recommend it. Usually what we recommend if they, if people have really high iron and proc and they want to use peroxide and odor is a two stage system where you've got your peroxide and then you got two stages of filtration. You got your, your proox and then you've got your carbon and that that'll last for years and you'll have really great water. No peroxide residual in the water and it'll clean out all the odors and sediment and work really well. Okay. Another question that we get a lot is, Hey, what about peroxide for E. coli or coliform? I have coliform in my well. I have E. coli. Well, there's a lot of I would say controversy. There is some controversy about this because some some water treatment professionals will say, yeah, peroxide works great for coliform. Generally, though, and I put a link to this, there's actually a bunch of different uh, references to it, but hydrogen peroxide itself is rarely used in drinking water treatment as a standalone process. In other words, hydrogen peroxide is a pretty weak biocide compared to chlorine, ozone. You know, the EPA, for instance, it doesn't recognize hydrogen peroxide for drinking water treatment as a disinfectant. It can work, but you'd have to have very high concentration of it and it, it doesn't last long. So that's kind of an advantage for residential use. It doesn't, there's no, that that's not the chemical residual in it. There are advanced oxidation processes where we use hydrogen peroxide with UV light or we inject hydrogen peroxide before ozone that produces very high levels of what's called hydroxyl radicals, which are really effective at killing bacteria. But it also does remove pharmaceuticals and other weird, you know, inorganic and organic pollutants. But that's, you know, pretty not usually not necessary for most homes. So if you're after, if you know you've got coliform, you still want to use hydrogen peroxide, then you you would you would you can use hydrogen peroxide, but you want to follow it up after filtration. And the water's really clean. You want to have an ultraviolet sterilizer. At least that's that's my opinion. You you don't want to rely on peroxide alone. And in fact, generally, if you have E. coli or coliform, and I've talked about this in other episodes, is that you want to find out what's the source of it. Don't just try to treat it 
find out what's causing it and then fix that. If it's impossible to fix, like say your well is next to a river and it's always going to be under the influence of then of you know surface water, then you need a, a, a very careful type of treatment system that'll really deal with that. Okay, so that's the peroxide we don't recommend for disinfection, even though we do say it is effective with iron and sulfur reducing bacteria. Bone health isn't in play, like with coliform. We usually recommend chlorine. Okay, so another thing that comes up a lot is how can I adjust the peroxide? How do I know it's working? These pumps come in different sizes that inject the peroxide, and depending on what your how many gallons per minute you're trying to treat, you, you would want one or a couple different sizes for residential use. But the, here's the basic overview or basic idea. What you want to do is you want to inject enough peroxide to overcome the hydrogen sulfide and interact with any organic or bacteria. And so when it does that, it's gone. So the peroxide gets used up. And so you want to keep injecting enough so you have a tiny residual either after the contact tank or in some cases, right after the carbon filter. And so you'd be looking at somewhere between 0.2 and 0.8 parts per million of peroxide. You don't want a high level of peroxide in your drinking water. So if you have a very tiny amount or you have none, that's, that's good. That's the best. But if you have a contact tank, then you want to test the, have a hose bib between your contact tank and your carbon filter. And you want to see, have enough residual there so that when it goes, there's, there's a residual when it goes into the carbon of say between one and two parts per million. If you don't have a contact tank, or you're not gonna be using contact tank, then you want enough so that it does the job, but you either have no residual or a slight residual afters. Now, if that sounds kind of too general, there, there are ways you can actually figure it out with simple test kits. So for, for example, if you test your water and you know you, you estimate you have five or eight parts per million of hydrogen sulfide and say one part per million of iron, then you can look on a table and figure out, okay, now I know I need eight or 10 parts per million of hydrogen peroxide in order to do the job. And that's kind of what you're looking at. Usually you're injecting somewhere between two and 10, maybe 15 if you have high odor of hydrogen peroxide. And then you can simply get a peroxide test strip or a test kit and test it in your house or after your treatment system, make sure you, you don't have a high residual because you don't want to drink water with hydrogen peroxide. All right. Well, that about covers it. In this episode, we talked about how great, in my opinion, peroxide is for well water odor, how to set up a basic system, how peroxide is, can be effective at killing iron bacteria, when to use a contact tank or not, and how to test for peroxide to make sure it's working. Thank you for listening, and I hope to talk to you in the next podcast. Hey, if you're listening to this on iTunes, I'd really appreciate a rating and honest review over at iTunes. That really helps a lot. And I really like getting emails and questions regarding the podcast. So please do send me an email if you have any questions or comments. Again, my email is jerrybolfin at cleanwaterstore.com. And like I said, if you want to read more about Peroxide, go to our site, cleanwaterstore.com. Go to our blog and you go to our podcast and look for episode 12. And I put links to the US EPA site, which talks about Peroxide, along with a bunch of other great links and resources. 
Okay, folks, have a good day. Thanks again for listening.